0: If you have your Bibles, go ahead and open to Galatians chapter number 5, Galatians chapter number 5, and as you're turning there, it's great to see Adan Garcia and his family down here visiting from South Carolina, and uh, I think he came to see his mom. She is, I think, having a birthday tomorrow, if I remember correctly, and uh, so the whole family's here, and it's, uh, it's great to see you guys this weekend. Galatians chapter number five, we are continuing our study in this letter of Paul to the Christians in Galatia. And we said the big idea of this letter is freedom. The big idea that Paul wants to get across is the freedom and liberty that we have in the gospel. And uh, as we've been studying, even starting in chapter number one, we see that Paul was being attacked by his critics Uh, about what the gospel was and what the gospel is supposed to do. And in fact, uh, many of his critics would say, yeah, the message of the gospel, it's a nice message, but it's not all that is needed to find favor with God. It's not all that is needed to find forgiveness and justification and freedom in Christ. And so Paul is, of course, defending why the gospel is all that is needed. It is all that is needed for the redemption and forgiveness of sins. But it's all that is needed for a life uh, to be lived uh, for the glory of God. A life that can be lived uh, with the greater purposes of God uh, being fulfilled through us. So Paul is, of course, uh, speaking and writing about that. And by the time you get to chapter number 5, we've been studying that it's all about the life that is Spirit-filled. The Christian that is controlled by the Holy Spirit of God. Uh, what kind of life does that look like? How does it manifest itself in a practical way? Uh, the first four chapters are all about who we are positionally. It's all about uh, what the message is and how that affects us and who we are. But chapter 5 and chapter 6 is answering the question, and what does that matter? All right, so this is what the gospel is, and okay, and what does that matter? How does that affect me and how I live? And chapter 5 and 6 is all about that. Uh, so this morning, uh, we're going to be talking about the power to serve God in love. If you remember in chapter 5, we've we we've talked about that the Spirit-led Christian stands fast in his faith. There are things that you're going to have to stand in, some truths that you're going to have to stand in. You're going to have uh, some things that you're going to have to stand against, and, and uh, in the first uh, six verses of this chapter, we find that. Then in in verse number 7, we we find that a spirit-led Christian is one that's going to stay in the race, Uh, one that is not going to give up on the gospel and the Christian life. And by the time you get to where we were studying last week, verse 13 to verse 15, we find that the spirit-led Christian is one that serves others in love, one that serves God in love, whose understanding of the liberty, the freedom that we have in, in Christ, to serve God and to serve others in love. Now, what you're going to find this morning as we study verses 16 down to verse 18 is the power to do that. Now, it's nice in theory, and it's good to understand that, hey, we are to serve, to, to serve one another in love as people that have the Holy Spirit indwelling in us. But what is also important to understand is that we cannot practically live that out without the power of the Holy Spirit. How do we do that daily? Verse 16 Down to verse number 18 tells us how. Notice what it says. Galatians chapter 5, verse number 16. This I say then, walk in the Spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. For the flesh lusteth against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary the one to the other, so that ye cannot do the things that you would. But if ye be led of this Spirit, ye are not under the law. Let me say that every Christian is called to serve God and to serve others. This we know, this we have studied, this we looked at last week. Yet what holds many back as Christians from serving others in love isn't the calling. Everybody has that calling. Everybody that's accepted Christ as their personal savior, everyone that is a disciple and follower of Jesus is to serve one another. We know this. This is very clear in scripture. So the calling is not what stops people from serving and loving others. It's not that lack of calling. It's not a lack of supply of power to do that. It's the lack of applying that truth into into your life, into the life of a person. God has supplied the power for everybody in here. To serve God in love and to serve others in love. God has supplied that power. The reason that not all they call themselves Christians actually demonstrate lives of that or are a living example of that is because there are many who do not go to God for the power to do that. They look at themselves and they try to do it with self-will and their own power or they try to do it through the law as the people in Galatia were doing it what they don't understand is that without the power to do that it can never be done. It's not something that we have in ourselves the power to do, but it's only through the spirit of god living and working in us that now we have the power now to do what we're called to do. That's why Paul says in verse 16, this I say then, if you look in verse Fifteen, he was saying, "We not we don't need to be biting and devouring one another. We're going to be consumed by one another." And we we talked about how we need to put away that kind of life, of just kind of talking bad about others and bringing others down and 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 um, lifting gossip and and uh, back backbiting. Uh, how you have to put that down in your life. But how can I do it? Where's the power to do that? In verse sixteen, Paul says, "This is what I say then: If you're going to do that." You've got to you gotta live a life that is led and filled by the power of the Holy Spirit. If you've been to any major airport, you know that there are these things called moving sidewalks. I'm sure you've, you've seen them if you've gone through Houston or Dallas Airport. And uh, what's amazing is um, you'll, find, uh, you'll find sometimes, and I don't know if this, this is like a little pet peeve of mine whenever I'm traveling through the airport... But the, the person that stands on the left of the moving sidewalk and doesn't move, right, they're, they're going so stinking slow, you're just kind of like, hey, I got to make my next flight, and you, you know, you're trying to get around their luggage and trying to be nice as to like, move off of it. What are you doing on the sidewalk? Anyways, um, you, you, you know how that sidewalk moves, and it helps you. If you've ever, have, has anybody ever walked beside someone that didn't take the, uh, the, moving, uh, the moving little uh, sidewalk someone that went in between both of them and they're just kind of, they're walking at a normal pace and you're on the on the uh, moving sidewalk, right? I heard a comedian say, you feel like Robotnik guy, you know, like you're going so fast. You're, uh, you're walking the same speed, you're, you're doing the same walk, but yet you on a moving sidewalk are going so much faster than the person that's there, right? Than the person that's walking that's not on the moving sidewalk. Because that moving sidewalk, even though you're both walking the same Gives you the power to go faster, to get to where you want to get sooner. And when we're living by the power of the Holy Spirit in our life, that's exactly what the Holy Spirit does for us. You say, well, they're doing the same thing as we're doing. That's what the Judaizers were saying. There's a false teacher saying, well, we're doing the same thing as you're doing. Yeah, Paul's saying, but you're not doing it in the power of the Spirit. You're trying to do it under the law, and you'll never be able to do the same thing under the law that you do By the power of the Spirit. It's not the same thing. Just like walking on a moving sidewalk is not the same thing as not walking on a moving sidewalk. So here the Apostle Paul is sharing with the Christians there in Galatia. Okay, you know this. You know you ought to serve one another. You know you ought to love one another. How do you do it? So This morning I want to share just three truths quickly because time is going by fast. Three truths And how you you can utilize that power in your life of the Holy Spirit to really serve and love one another as Christ intended us to do in the liberty that he's given. I want you to notice, first of all, that Paul says in verse 16, we got to walk in the Spirit. Walk in the Spirit. Now, this word walk is a command. This is an imperative sentence. When he says this, I say then walk in the Spirit. He's not suggesting. It's not just his personal opinion. It's actually a command. It's an imperative saying walk in the Spirit. Uh, the word, uh, Greek word here is peripateo, and it means to follow or, or accompany or, or be occupied with. So Paul is saying, in, in other words, if you're going to serve one another as you ought, and you have, if you're going to love Christ the way you ought, then it's got to be accompanied. You have to be accompanied by the Holy Spirit in your life. It's something that you're actively doing with the Holy Spirit. It doesn't happen by accident. But it's something that happens purposefully. Walking. You've got to walk in the Spirit. Now, there's two things I want to share about the Holy Spirit that the Bible teaches us. Number one, there in your notes, He's our guide. Uh, In verse number 16, uh, 16, when He says, walk in the Spirit and you shall not fulfill the lusts of the flesh, the, the idea is, be guided. Walking means to be guided, accompanied, accompanied by the Holy Spirit as he's guiding you. Because the Holy Spirit is our guide. Look at John chapter 16, verse 13 there in your notes. It says, just as Jesus talking, Howbeit when he, the Spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you into all truth. For he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. And so we find that the Holy Spirit is a guide. Have you ever been somewhere and had a guide? Whether it was like in a museum or maybe you went to a city and you were just uh, touring the city and, and you got a tour guide, you, you got on a tour bus or something. And here's what I found. When, when you get on one of those tours, if you've ever been on one, uh, you'll find that the tour guide gives you a lot of information that you did not know previously. There might be some things that you knew about the city or about the museum, but that tour guide, gives you a lot more information that you did not know before. And what's awesome about that is that as you're growing and you're understanding, as you're seeing things and you're going, oh, okay, and that's how this building got built and that's the time it, it was built and you're going through the different parts of, of, a, a, of a city, what, what that knowledge does is that it enables you not to get lost. It enables you to understand where you're at and how the things around you came to be. Now, it is the same thing in the spiritual life. When the Holy Spirit is empowering us, when he's guiding us, he's leading us to all truth. Truth that we didn't know previously. Truth that was a mystery to us. He's letting us uh, and allowing us and helping us to understand that truth. And in doing so, he's enabling us to do more. He's enabling you and I to serve with love one another. He's enabling you and I to stop that lifestyle that's backbiting or gossiping and devouring one another. That that lifestyle of judging everything and everyone, That, that lifestyle that has to tear someone down so that I can look a whole lot better and try to compare myself and say, I'm a better Christian than that person, and it tears that down. Being guided by the Holy Spirit, that's what he does for us. So we find that the Holy Spirit is our guide. Number two, he's our leader. In verse number 18, and as many as are led, that's a different word. One Bible translation says, directed by the Holy Spirit. Those that are directed by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit not only guides us, giving us knowledge of all truth that enables us, but he's also our leader that we can follow after. The Holy Spirit leads us into all righteousness. Leads us in peace and joy. The Holy Spirit leads us in prayer. In fact, the Bible says in Romans chapter 8 that when we're praying to God that the Holy Spirit makes intercession for us asking God what words can't suffice to say. He tells God, God, This is what the supplication of your son is. He is our leader. The Holy Spirit directs in that way. I love reading the book of Acts. It's a a book of transition. It kind of tells us the story of how Christianity kind of got started with the the Holy Spirit coming down in chapter 2 and filling every believer. And then how the church began to grow and reach others and literally turn our world upside down. But you'll find that if you read, you get to Acts chapter 14, you'll read verse number five, and Paul is out in his different missionary journeys, going to different cities to plant churches and share the gospel message. And, and notice what it says, though. Uh, I put it in your notes. And so were the churches established in the faith and increased in number daily. Now when they, and this is Paul, when they had gone throughout Phrygia and the region of Galatia... And were forbidden of their holy uh, ghost to preach the word in Asia after they were come to my Mycia. And they essayed to go into Bithynia, but the Spirit suffered them not. And they passing by Messiah came down to Troas, and a vision appeared to Paul in the night. There a man stood uh, of Macedonian and prayed him, saying, Come over to Macedonia and help us. Notice, notice, Paul wanted to go somewhere. What did the Holy Spirit do? He forbade him. Paul said, I'm going to go to Asia and preach the gospel. The Holy Spirit said no. And then he said, I'm going to go to Bithynia and I'll share the gospel there. And it says, and the Holy Spirit suffered them not to go. What does that teach us about the Holy Spirit? He's our leader. He'll lead you. Not only is he your guide to give you all truth, but he leads you. He accompanies us in what he wants you to accomplish in your life. Uh, that's why there are times in your life when someone that is a spirit-led uh, Christian, when you're filled by the Spirit, that the Spirit will just put on your heart and on your mind, you know what, I want to give to this special project. And it's not because the pastor said so, it's not because, oh, the church and everybody else in the church is doing it, no, 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 it's because the Holy Spirit's leading you to do this. Uh, I've heard of people being led by the Spirit to sell certain things and they're, in their house or certain possessions and, and take the money that they got from that and just give it to God. I've heard of others that were blessed by God with something like a car and they say, you know what, I want this car just to be used for the glory of God. And I, I'm going to use this this van and I'm going to pick people up and bring them to church. Now, does that mean everybody with a van has to do that? No. But that person was led by the Spirit to do that. Because as our leader, he leads us. He shows us where to go. He works on our heart and convicts our heart. So Paul says this. He says, walk in the Spirit. What does that mean? He means, let the Spirit guide you. Let the Spirit lead you. And the worst thing you can do is grieve the Holy Spirit. Uh, there in Ephesians chapter 4, I put it in your in your notes, verse 30, And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby ye are sealed unto the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. Notice, Notice what he's saying. Paul is saying, you can turn down the Holy Spirit from talking to you. You can can turn down that volume. Listen, the Holy Spirit's your leader, but he doesn't drag you with him. He calls to you to follow. If I I can put it this way in a more practical way, he might lead you to say, you know what, for this special offering, you should give $150. But you know what, he's not going to go to your bank account and take it out. You're going to have to do that. He leads us And we are to follow. But if you do not follow. Then that voice will get quieter and quieter. You begin to grieve the Holy Spirit. The Bible says. And notice in verse 31. Some of the things that cause that. Like bitterness. And wrath. And anger. And clamor. And evil speaking. In other words. The Bible says that the. The Holy Spirit will lead us to forgive others, but if you just get bitter with them, you're grieving the Holy Spirit. You're not following. The, the, the Holy Spirit will lead us to admonish and edify one another, but those that reject that will be evil speaking of others and begin to grieve the Holy Spirit. And Paul says, well, this is what I'm going to tell you. Walk in the Spirit. You want the power to serve in love. The secret is this. Walk in the spirit. Be guided by the Holy Spirit. Be led by the Holy Spirit. Walk in the spirit and thou shalt, and you will not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. So we see, first of all, walk in the spirit. Secondly, in your notes, you get to verse 17, and he says, understand the battle. Understand the battle. Now, we must understand this morning the war that we're in. This is not a war of... And Ephesians 6 says, of flesh and blood. In other words, we don't fight the Christian life. In the Christian life, we don't fight with M16s and grenades, okay? That's how war is done in our world, physically, right? When two countries are angry at each other, go, they go to war. They have soldiers, and they're literally shooting at one another and killing one another. That's, that's literal war. But in the Christian life, we don't have that kind of war. We have a spiritual war. Now, here's the thing. Even though the Christian life is fought in the spiritual world, its effects are felt in the physical world. So it's a spiritual war, but the effects are felt even in the physical world. So we have to understand this. We have to understand this kind of war. We have to understand the battle that is raging in our life. If you're a Christian, that's raging in your heart and in your soul and in your mind. There is a battle that's raging. And and Paul is letting the Christians at Galatia know. You're going to serve one another, this I say, then walk in the Spirit. Now, understand what that means. Understand the battle and the war that you're in. Number one, it's this, that the Spirit and the flesh are opposites. Look in verse number 17, this is what he plainly says. The flesh lusteth against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh, and these are contrary, the one to the other. They're nothing alike. Everything about them is different. One is for the betterment. One takes you to be more like Christ, the other does not. One seeks to honor God, the other seeks to honor self. One has the desire to love God, the other one has a desire to love self. The Spirit will take us to have more of God in our life. The flesh will take us to have more of us in life. To please ourselves more. The Spirit takes us to please God more. They're total opposite. One will teach us, as I've said before, to forgive those that wrong us. The other will teach us to hold grudges against those that have wronged us. The spirit and flesh. They're just, they're opposites. Listen, uh, one looks to empty oneself. The other one looks to puff itself up. By the way, I'm going to connect this once again because we've been learning about grace and works, Right? The, the difference isn't always in what they are doing, but why they're doing it. Do you know that you could come to church, as I said many times in this series, and you can serve God and be so full of yourself that you have no power and you make no difference? And to be honest, it's all flesh. You can teach a class so that others know how spiritual you are. Is that why we're to teach? Paul says, it's just so important for us to understand the spirit and the flesh, they're opposite. I put this in your notes in Romans chapter 8. It's kind of like an expansion of this idea. He goes a little bit more in detail than I. I use a new living translation because I like the way they translated it. It says this. Those who are dominated by the sinful nature think about sinful things. But those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit think about things that please the Spirit. So letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death. But letting the Spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. For the sinful nature is always hostile to God. It never did obey God's laws and it never will. That's why those who are still under the control of their sinful nature can never please God. What's Paul saying? Understand the battle. Spirit and flesh are different. One pleases God, the other one doesn't. One is a nature made new by the power and the spirit of God, and the other one is just our sinful nature that devours and leads to death. Secondly, one prevents the other from working. Look at the end of verse 17. It says, so that ye cannot do the things that you would. It literally stops you from doing what you ought to be doing. So the spirit and flesh not only think differently, they act differently as well. They act totally different. Whereas the spirit is looking to love God by serving him, obeying his word, sharing his truth, growing in our knowledge of Christ and our love for Christ, the flesh is the opposite. It's all about being selfish, disobedient to the truth, rejecting the truth, and just flat out living like the devil. By the way, the devil is evil and bad, not so much just because of his actions, though they are evil and bad, but because of his heart and the desires of his heart. To think in one's heart, I am like God. By the way, there is a religion called Mormonism that that's what they teach their followers. Oh, you're going to be God. In fact, their doctrine says where God uh, was, we are now, and where God is, we will be one day. That's what Mormon doctrine teaches. By the way, that's why it's an occult. It's a blasphemy to God. I know for the unbelieving world, they think, well, Mormons, Jehovah's Witnesses, Christians, oh, they're, they're all the same. We're not. We're not? Because one is by the flesh and the other is by the spirit. In fact, if you read Mormon doctrine, they'll, they'll teach that, uh, yeah, yeah, Jesus came and died, and, but he, him and the devil are actually brothers. And they'll, they'll teach that in order for you to be right with God, you've got to do certain works. The flesh. And the Apostle Paul is simply saying to the Christians in Galatia, understand this. The spirit and the flesh, they're opposites. And if you do one, if you follow one, you can't do the other. It stops you from doing the other. So if you're living in the flesh, you cannot be living in the power of the spirit. You can't. You can't do both simultaneously. And if you're living in the power of the Holy Spirit, you can't be living in your simple nature. You can't do both at the same time. Now you say, well, how does that manifest itself? Next week, we're going to be studying verse 19 to 21 that talks about how the flesh manifests that. And then 22 and verse 23 shows us how the spirit manifests itself. Paul says, I'm going to get down to just specifically how different it is. But we're not going to break that down today because we don't have time. All I'm saying is this. Understand the battle you're in. The spirit and the flesh are opposites. And one affects the other. This I say then, walk in the Spirit. You shall not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. Walk in the Spirit. Understand the war, the battle that you're in. Number three, see the difference. Verse 18, he comes to his conclusion here of this section. He says, but if ye be led of the Spirit, ye are not under the law. We must not be blind to all the differences in a person who is living by the power of the Spirit and one who is living by the power of the flesh. So Paul reminds the Galatians, before getting really specific on the acts of that and the manifestations of it, he said, just see the difference. The difference of a spirit-led life of faith. This life is constantly listening to the guiding and directing of the Holy Spirit. In verse 16, he says, guide, walk, be guided by the Spirit. In verse 18, he said, be led, directed by the Holy Spirit. This is done by faith. It's the basis for why we can forgive others because we see we've been forgiven, we've been redeemed, we've been made free, and and because of that, we are now different. The Spirit-led life The empowered Christian that is empowered by the Spirit is different. Say, one of the main differences between grace and works is that those that are under grace understand I am different. The ones that are under works say I got to do differently. One is based on who I am now in Christ and the other one is based on what I do. And because it's on what I do, you're never good enough. There's a huge difference. Notice what Paul writes in Romans chapter 8, the first four verses. He says, There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do, in that it was weak through the flesh, God sending His own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin, condemn sin in the flesh that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh but after the spirit. All of that is based on who we are. Paul is saying, we couldn't do it. We were weak. We couldn't fulfill the law. We couldn't couldn't justify God's demands. But God sent his son so that through his son, the law could be fulfilled and we could be forgiven and redeemed. And made different. That's the spirit led life. That's the person who has the Holy Spirit. And dwelling in them. It's who you are. It's a It's a state of being. But there's a difference between that. And that of the law. Of a works led life of legalism. That's why Paul throws that in. In verse number 18. So if you're led by the spirit. If you're directed by the Holy Spirit. You're not under the law. You're not living under that law. What law? The law of legalism. The law of saying, I have to earn God's favor in my life. You're not living under that law. You know, that life is such a debilitating life. That that life robs you of joy, of peace, of purpose. The, the life of trying to earn God's favor by, by doing these good works always leaves us doubting God's goodness. Always. I mean, listen, if, if you just... Take a moment to think about it. At the end, you have to ask yourself, have I done enough? Listening to a sports uh, radio program that I, I like listening to, it's called The Dan Patrick Show. One of the four guys that he's that he has on his show that, that kind of go with him in the show is it's a guy named Todd Fritz. And uh, Todd's a... a, um, a um, he's Jewish and he's very much... Uh, um, one who follows a Jewish religion, goes to tabernacle and things like that, and or goes to temple, I guess, or synagogue. And um, sometimes he'll make comments that are just kind of offhand comments. But just the other week, he was he was saying something, and, and uh, he had been, you know, Yom Kippur, uh, which is a national holiday for the Jewish people, was was a couple weeks ago. And, and so he didn't go into work that day, and they have to fast that whole day. And... Um, And at the end, he made a little comment, and he said, yeah, you know, Dan was talking to him about it, and he said, yeah, well, you know, I'm just kind of hoping that uh, I've done enough so I can get my name written in the book of life. It was just kind of a throwaway line, but it stood out to me, because that's why he's doing it. That's why he's fasting during the day of Yom Kippur, because he thinks, if I can just do that, then I'll please God. I hope, he said, I'm doing enough so I can get my name written in the Lamb's book of life. Paul said, you'll never do enough. It'll leave you doubting everything. It'll leave you fearful and worrisome all the time. That's the life that is under the law. It's just a terrible life. It's debilitating. I don't know how you can continue living that way. That's why Paul said this. He he wrote this, Romans chapter 6, verse 14. I put in your notes. For sin shall not have dominion over you, For you're not under the law, but under grace. So listen, you you don't don't have to live a life where I got to do this, and I got to do this, and I got to do this, so God will be okay with me. Paul said, just live and walk in the Spirit. You won't fulfill the lusts of the flesh. And by that, you won't be under the law. There's a greater law, the law of Christ the law of love, where you serve one another. How do you do that? Walking in the Spirit. Understand that the battle is raging in you of what I'm going to do for me and what I'm going to do by the power of the Spirit. And there's a difference, a huge difference, and Paul reminds them. So if you're being directed by the Holy Spirit, you're not under the law. So this morning, we have the power God's given each and every one of us the power to serve in love, to be in that liberty that Christ has given us of serving and loving God and loving others as we ought. How do we how do we put that into action? One, walk in the spirit. Be guided and directed by the Holy Spirit of God. Number 2, understand the battle that you're in. It's a spiritual battle. It affects the way you talk. Yes. It affects the way you live, yes. The way you treat your husband or your wife, yes. But it's not about all the outward, it's about the spiritual battle that's happening inside. So understand that. Understand that if you don't live by the Spirit, by the power of the Spirit, then you're going to be living for the flesh. But if you want to change your life from backbiting, judging, devouring, to be led by the Spirit... Because being led by the Spirit, you won't live and fulfill the lust of the flesh. And just see that difference. Listen, you'll see it in your own life. and You'll see it in the life of others. Man, you, you can see a huge glaring difference between someone that's living by the works of the law and someone that's living by the grace of God. Paul says, choose grace. Choose faith. It's a better life. It's a life of joy and peace because of what Christ did for you. This morning, I want to encourage you. I want to encourage you. First of all, ask yourself, how am I living? Am I living in the power of the Spirit or in the power of my own works? And then, I would say this. What are you feeling? Do you feel joy and peace in your Christian life? Because If you don't, if you're feeling a little bit frustrated and saying, man, I just, this is is so hard to live this life, then I guarantee you it's because you're not living it in the Spirit. Yeah, you're doing some good works, but you're you're hoping that those good works will do something for you. And that's why you feel frustration, because you think, man, if I just do that, then God will answer my prayer. Choose the Spirit. How are you feeling? How are you living? How are you feeling? Do you feel the joy and the peace of the liberty of Christ? Or are you living with fear and worry and doubt? One requires the power of the Spirit and the other one doesn't. This I say then. This I say then. Walk in the Spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for your word and for this truth. Father, so many times in our Christian life, we can we can become very religious. We can begin to do things because we think, well, if we do them suddenly, now you're going to love us more and now you're you're going to do more of what we want or desire. But the Truth is, Father, when we live that way, it's really a prideful way to live. It's very much an egocentric way of living when when we look at our works as being really what matters to gaining your favor and to gaining a spiritual life. Father, help us to understand that there is a difference. When being led by good works and by being led by the power of the Spirit, help us, Father, not to live our Christian life by trying to have a strong willpower over our sinful nature. Help us instead, Father, to just be submissive to Your Spirit. That as we hear truth. And we would ask the Spirit of God, help me to understand that truth that is being taught to me. And then lead me in applying that truth. Help me, Spirit of God, to take that truth that I've heard and now live it out in a way that looks different and is different and transforms me and changes me to be more into the image of Christ. Oh, Father, may that be our heart today. May we, we led more by the Spirit than by flesh. May we live a life that is more indicative of the faith that we have and that we hold than the good works and the religiousness that others may follow in. Help us this week to be spirit-filled Christians. Help us to walk in the spirit this week. Father, we want and we desire to be spirit-led Christians. So empower us and enable us as only you can. Help us to feel the joy and the liberty and just the awesomeness that is living the Christian life. There's no better life and there's no greater joy than when we're being guided and directed by your Holy Spirit. Help us to live like that this week. If there be any thought or idea or philosophy in our life that is so purely works-based that it's leading us to be frustrated and robbing us of joy and peace and leaving us in doubt and fear, oh, help us, Father, to realize that that is... That is where religion will always lead us. Help us not to go down that path. Help us not to walk a life of a works-based life, but rather a faith-based. Lead us and fill us by your spirit, I pray. In Jesus' precious name, amen.